right, this is Chateau Montredon, um, Chateauneuf de Pop. Hey Seattle, we are here day four of uh, Vin Expo 2019, and uh, I'm loving the fact that I've stumbled into the Rhone Valley. Uh, here with uh, Pierre Fabre, fourth generation uh, family of uh, Chateau Montredon, and uh, Pierre, bienvenue, happy hour. Thank you. Yeah. Bonjour. Bonjour, monsieur. Um, let's talk about Mont Redon. Um, Mont Redon, it sounds like it's a mountain. Uh, yes, you are right. Um, uh, it's uh, in French, in old French, it means little round mountain because there is a little uh, bumpy forest just in front of the vineyard. Okay, excellent. Um, when was the winery started? Uh, my great grandfather has bought a piece of land in 1923 uh, and it was 2.5 hectares of vineyard and then uh, a lot of forest around 100 uh, over 180 hectares of land and then he spent the rest of his life taking up the wood and planting the I was going to say probably chopping down trees for yeah. a while um, and I wonder how many horses that took <laughs> uh, <laughs> to we pull. have no idea exactly um, interesting and uh, tell me about the estate uh, the vines are, were planted then and uh, well the, 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 the first vines were planting in the, in the early 20s mm -hmm. and we finished planting the whole property in the early 90s okay so it took three generations of work to, to establish the estate. And uh, what varieties are planted then? Is it uh, uh, all 13? It's mostly, yeah, we do have all 13, uh, but three are majority, 60% uh, Grenache, Syrah, uh, 30, Morved, around 8, and I like to say 2% others, like miscellaneous obscure grapes out yeah, of the 13. Sure. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this picture. Um, is this your father? Is yes, it is. Grandpere? Uh, look at the vines. They're short, they're stocky, uh, bush um, vines. but the yeah, bush vines and the galets, these are all, um, they look like uh, sandstone. Uh, or actually, they used to be the bed of the Rhone River. Right. Uh, and they actually were at the bottom part, now they are at the upper part of the landscape, and they were polished by the flow right. and the gravels flowing from the water. And they're white, so um, obviously the stones, what makes Chateauneuf de Pop so interesting or so such a great uh, region is the fact that very poor soils, Yep. And the stones radiate heat, which maintains ripeness. Uh, um, uh, continuous ripeness, Excellent. that's one thing, but I think the most important thing is the drainage right. that provides it to the soil, thanks to the rocks. We have a, a, a similar spot in Washington State. And it's yeah, but not as good. <laughs> Not yet, right. The vines are only 20 years old, okay. but uh, we, have a, we have a French vigneron who started it, uh, Christophe okay. Baron. Oh, I know him. You know Christophe, uh, right? Yeah, my dad knows him, actually, yeah. Exactly. So he's planted that yeah. in 1996. Uh, he okay. got there and said, it looks just like in, there were no grapes there. Uh, yeah. And now... 20 hectares. Yeah, 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 he's a skillful guy. Yeah, and, and the wines yeah, yeah. are very, very unique. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but enough about Washington. Let's talk about uh, Chateau Montredon. Um, you have a Chateauneuf de Pape Blanc. Yes, we do. It's only 5% of the total appellation, but at Montredon, it's between 12 and 15%. We, we are somehow considered a white specialist. Wow, I'm looking at this picture, and this is for the white, so is this on the property? Yes. Interesting, because the rocks here look like broken uh, calcareous marl or something. Absolutely. They are angular, they are white, uh, and they reflect very strongly the light, the sunlight. Well, uh, it's curious because they're broken. Was there a prison gang in here chopping <laughs> breaking stones? or? 
well, I bet some of the vineyard has been planted uh, with dynamite, uh, and I'm serious. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, but uh, um, no, mostly with a very strong riper. Sure. Um, interesting, and I see um, a Dripping. little drip irrigation. Yes, it is allowed in Chateau du Pape, depending on the weather conditions. Really? So it's not always allowed, but uh, when we ask for to the syndicate, they can. Yeah, we can. Well, and, <laughs> well, who's gonna know? Uh, whoever. I mean, it's very really important for the quality. Yeah. Uh, and but we have a very strict regulations uh, about the dates we can use it. Uh, so it's it's quite strongly um, controlled. I'm looking at this um, 2018 Chateau de Pop. It, it's it's hard to um, re realize that we're. The vintages are getting so high, right? We talk about, you know, 98 and, and 2005, and um, here we are, 2018. Uh, you said this is only 5% of your production? Uh, no, this is 5% of the Appalachian. Oh, 5% of the Appalachian. Uh, it's 12 to 15 at Montreal. Okay, and uh, which grapes are in here? Uh, in the, the, the glass you're tasting, it's 55 Grenache Blanc, 25 Claret, 10 Roussanne, and the rest is Picpoul and Bobolin. Oh. That is so pretty. It's early picked. It's almost natural acidity, mm -hmm. and it's tank fermented, so to keep the purity and the minerality. What does Pickpool bring to the mix? It's quite a neutral grape, but it brings a high acidity to the balance. Um, and this go through malolactic? No. No, keep the but freshness. it's still creamy. There's it's a very, round. very short least contact. Uh, just, mm. just the, the, the warmth of the Grenache white. It's 55% is Grenache white and brings the, the volume and the warmth. Wow. Is this the only white wine you produce, or do you have a uh, we have Coderone? A, yeah, we do have a Coderone, uh, which is quite similar, sorry, which is Roussan based with a hint of Yonier. We also have a, um, a brand of white Coderone with purchased grapes, which is mostly Viognier. And then we have a white Lirac. Uh, white Lirac? Yeah. And that's Grenache Blanc then? Or? No, it's uh, mostly Claret with some Roussan and Grenache Blanc. And it's the Lirac white. Uh, maybe 30 cases are imported to USA, and it's uh, slightly oaked. So, uh, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I'm showing <laughs> I'm showing a Pierre Fabre my phone and uh, how much I enjoy uh, the Pops. Southern Rome. Yeah, I've got the Popes uh, as my screensaver. Pope Clement, uh, the Innocent, the Urbane, and uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. So I did visit Chateau de Pop. Um, quite a delicious wine here, and this is available in the States through yes, Frederick Wildman. Absolutely. What's the price point then? 40? Uh, on the share, 45, yeah. 50. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, what a classy wine. I like that it's just slightly chilled. Um, yes. It, it, it uh, keeps some of that acidity vibrant, but uh, it's again very soft on the palate and you're not masking anything by being too cold. And we are having a 18 vintage, but this wine could edge at least uh, 12 to 15 years. So it, the minerality comes up and it really gets the oily, nutty character, mm -hmm. which is super complex. Yes, and, I, and that's one of the things um, I truly love about. So I'll show you my winery from Washington State, and we make wines in, inspired by the, 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 the Rhone Valley. Uh, you have a host of reds here. Yes. Um, I would love to try the uh, yeah. Chateau de Pops uh, um, and any wines you'd like to pour, of course. <laughs> Pretty open. Pierre, you said you started with the winery just several years ago. Mm, no, well, I've been working at the winery for the last 15 years. Oh, okay. But you were uh, elevated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad and uncle retired uh, July 17, so I, I, I took over from that time. So just after Bastille Day. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so uh, let's talk about the vintages in yep. Chateau de Pop. Um, yes. 17 in, uh, is the current vintage released? Uh, no, 17 is a, a tank sample. Uh, okay. 
it will be released in uh, at the earliest in January 2020. Uh, we have uh, we, we will bottle 17 vintage in uh, July and uh, rest in the bottles uh, for six months before shipping, so that the wine can right. better integrate all yes. the components. Of course, I, I know uh, that sometimes wine can have that um, dumb stage and uh, and just be unbalanced and out of whack, um, yes. which is very scary when you're first making wine. Like, oh my goodness, what happened? And also Chateauneuf uh, has a very good um, capacity to develop with time, so uh, it's important to have late release so that the consumer gets a better wine. Right. Let's talk about alcohol. I think one of the, the challenges for the Rhone region has always been the fact that it's very, very warm and you can get lots of high degrees of alcohol. Yes. Um, but I, I noticed that the white wine was very balanced. Yes. You said you picked it early, which I understand. Super early. Okay, super early. I mean, it could mean uh, mid-August. So this is a tank sample. Yeah, it's finished wine. Uh, right. It just needs yeah, to be bottled now. Mm. It's already blended and... That's yummy. <laughs> that is really yummy. So this is mostly Grenache, a little Syrah, yeah. Morved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, 8% Morved, but it's mostly Syrah and Grenache, like 60, 30, 8. It, are the, is the vineyard planted um, selection massal, is it, uh, or do you have uh, specific sites for different grapes? Uh, uh, well, we have three terroirs. We have the pebbles, we have the, so, the sand, and we have the chalk. Uh, so depending on the weather of each year, each mm. kind of soils uh, gives different kind of grapes. Basically, the pebbles, they can do every, every, every single grape, grapes very good. Right. The sand is more appropriate to Syrah, and the chalk is very good to Syrah, but also for whites. And Interesting. We don't talk about chalk being one of the markers, uh, and so we talk about granite for yeah. Syrah, right? Yeah. In the northern Rome. Yeah. All the chalks, it works very well. Of course, you're in the southern Rome when you have all these great stones. Yes. Um, this is really delicious. Thank you. Um, and who's making the wine? Uh, actually, I am. <laughs> actually. <laughs> I used to be the winemaker for the last 10 years. Really? Um, now I'm, uh, we have a cellar master who is very skillful, but uh, we are working very close together day after day. Uh, he does the daily operations, but we take and I take all the decisions, uh, major decisions uh, and responsibility. Wow, um, delicious. Thank you. Uh, very fresh, yeah. um, nice and ripe. Again, great balance. Um, this is a soft expression. It's it's generous. Um, the tannin management is great. So. 10% new oak? No new oak. Uh, a little bit of new oak. Okay. Uh, actually, 12%. 12%. Not too bad. All right. Uh, <laughs> I hit that one. Good. Um, delicious. And uh, so, which is the current vintage available 16. for? 16. 16. Oh, actually, in the US, it's 15. 15. Uh, and 16 in Europe. All right. But every market gets an allocation of every vintage. So, USA is having 15 now, uh, but should get 16 by the end of the year. Mm. I hate to pour that out, but it's <laughs> early in the morning here. You want to taste 16? Yes, let's try 16 or, or 15 or whatever you have. Um, I, I think it's really a, a great opportunity to have uh, a vertical of um, Chateauneuf de Pop just to identify the vintage characteristics. I imagine based on your estate that the sapage will be very, very similar over year after yes, year. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, 
we, uh, yeah, we the, the blends could uh, variate a little bit depending on the on the vintages. Is in a given year, if the sand doesn't yield great grapes, then we will put less uh, sandy grapes in the blend. So it variates a little bit. Basically, in the wet, uh, humid weather, the, the, this is where we um, we take less pebbles and sand, and in a dry year, we taste, take less chalk. So, but. Yes, after years it's quite similar. Less chalk because uh, in a wet year, yeah. the chalk drains very quickly the water, oh. so it does not affect the fruit concentration. But in a dry year, uh, sometimes we can have a ripeness uh, blockage. Oh, interesting. Um, I smell more of the the uh, garig here. Yeah. This smells more more spiciness spice, into uh, lavender, of course, uh, rosemary and sage. So 16 similar vintage then is, is everything. Uh, I mean, we have very I've been very lucky because 15, 16, and 17 uh, are three great vintages in a row with their own features. The, the, the highest fruit concentration is definitely 17 because we had a big shatter, so the, the, the much more fruit concentration. The re average yield was 18 hectoliters an hectare, so super great concentration. 16 is the kind of dream vintage every vintner would dream of uh, because it was normal volume crop and super concentration and the wines are uh, slightly more uh, lush and uh, soft but with great fruit character and so that's I hate to say that there was an easy good vintage. Uh, well, I was there produce. in 16 and uh, I, it was a beautiful uh, yeah. beautiful weather, um, very relaxing. We stayed at uh, Moustier Saint-Marie. Oh. Yeah, the Relais Chateau. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was really not nice. too bad. <laughs> I know. A tough life. Um, <laughs> so this has um, a little more acidity, a little more tan, and a little more structure than the 17. Is um, that just because it's got a little more development or was yeah, that... Uh, yeah, I think this is about, yeah, because it's one year older right. and it develops more. For sure. Um, uh, this is delicious wine. How many wines uh, are, do you produce uh, from uh, Chateau Montredon? You've got the Cote de Blanc, the Chateau de Pape Blanc, and of course, is it one expression of Chateau de Pape, or do you have a different cepage? Or uh, for Chateau de Pape, we uh, uh, we do three, let's say, three levels. Um, the core wine is the one we're testing now, uh, and there's a um, all the weaker batch, all the weaker tanks. Uh, we get rid of in on the bulk market. Uh, sometimes not all, only the weak, weak batches, but a good batch that does not integrate properly to the final blend could also be sold off in bulk. And then there is a single vineyard uh, cuvee uh, coming soon out. This will be the first vintage in 16, but it's not been bottled yet. Lovely. Um, so you have the 15 here? Or? Yes, we do. Okay, fantastic. So um, the 15, again, you said 15, 16, 17, very similar, 16 being the dream. Um, and 15, I, I can't believe that it, it, we talked about 17 and 18 vintages already. And so th this seems like a normal Chateauneuf to pop to me because it's, you know, it has some age and it's it just, the young ones seemed. It, I'm surprised how well integrated the wines are when you taste them right out of the, of the tank sample. Um, this color is actually getting a little developed, right? Yeah. You see it's a little less dark. Um, red ruby core, garnet rim. This gets the smell. Uh, so to me that smells like classic Chateauneuf de Pop, right? <laughs> you get the red fruits, a little of the, of the garig, um, a little less spicy, but yeah. you still get the, fruit, the, the fruitiness here. 
So, uh, same Sapage then? So yes. this is yes. 80, 15, uh, 60, 60 Grenache, 60. 30 Syrah, and uh, 8 Mauvais. Mm. So as a winemaker, do you taste other chateau, other domain wines, or? Uh, I would say as a winemaker, I taste very uh, few of my wines uh, at home or during yeah. vacation. I drink most of, mostly everything else than uh, Morodon's wines. Excellent. And what uh, are you like? A, do you drink a lot of Chateau de Pop, or uh, do you like to I, Bordeaux my, or Burgundy? I, I'm a Burgundy fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I know. Um, do you get to trade wines with some uh, of those guys? You have some friends uh, in Burgundy. Uh, Yes, a little bit, uh, but we yeah, trading, yeah, a little bit, but also having dinners with, with friends over there and sharing bottles around tables, that's the way it should always be. Mm -hmm. Of course, wine is meant for sharing. And Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a huge cellar, and <laughs> I, I will open up five or six bottles and just, you know, because I sometimes we get bored easily, isn't that right? We want something unique, but Burgundy fails to be, be boring. Typically, <laughs> the great acidity and... Yes, when I like is open several bottles and not to drink but just to taste to taste and then retaste them the day after or yes. so on to see how they develop yeah, yeah, absolutely it's it's not boring to taste only one bottle in a night but have like one third or three bottles in a night I know that's I know see <laughs> we, we need that stimulation um, this is absolutely delicious thank you very much uh, this is the classic style uh, you get both red blue and a little purple fruit here um, the acid is nice and bright this uh, out of the three vintage is uh, 15 as the highest acidity. Yeah, and I think this is the one that um, really turns me on because it is, is Burgundy-esque. You have the acidity, and I think, like, all right, I'm digging it. <laughs> the style of Morodon, um, even if we're in Chateau du Pape, is based on elegance and finesse. Uh, I wouldn't say Burgundian style, but almost. Uh, and so, yes, after a couple of years, when the, the wine develops, the Phoenix and Terroir comes out, and this is what we can start to drink in the 15 vintage. Mm. It's fabulous. Um, I love it. Um, Pierre Fabra, what a treat. Uh, let's see, you look like you're 42. Uh, no, no 40. 40? 39. 39. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm seeing some of the whiskers yeah. here. You got that. Um, that. Maybe that was some stress in, in uh, maybe 2012. Right? <laughs> some of the hard vintages. Uh, website is uh, chateaumontredon.com. Um, Pierre Fabra, what a treat. Thank you so much for sharing uh, Chateau de Pop. Yeah, very welcome. Thank you, Christopher.